0: If you are paying attention as you're reading along there, you understand this This is kind of Solomon giving an introduction to the book of Ecclesiastes. And I think it's very popular known that Solomon was the author of this. And he is that he's the one who asked the Lord specifically for wisdom and wanted to have wisdom made a very big deal about that and God gave it to him and you read through the book of Proverbs and you see the wisdom that he had there. You can look throughout the different judgments that he made and the way that he dealt with things and operated. He was a very wise individual and like I said this morning, here we have the perspective from the same exact guy, older and even more wise in my opinion, knows a lot more about life and just experiencing things and you know that's how most of us are as we you know It's like you've got the really prideful age when you're younger, and it's like you just leave the house, you're an adult, and you know literally everything, and and you're, what has the world done without you up to this point? How doesn't everybody see it? You've got it all figured out, but then as you go on through life, you get older, you realize that you don't know even close to what you think, and you're just still learning and understanding things as time goes on, and here we have him towards the end of his life, understanding these things. And the title of the sermon this evening is Vanity of Vanities. And there is so much vanity in the world today. There are so much things that take up so much of our time that are honestly useless and don't matter in any way, shape, or form. I want to talk about the distractions of them, and I want to talk about specifically what vanity is, what it is not, and just really look at what the book of Ecclesiastes, throughout the whole entire thing, has to say about this subject. So start reading in verse number one of chapter number one. It says, The words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. What profit hath a man of all his labor which he taketh under the sun? So the definition of vain, according as it's used in this uh, passage, is empty, worthless, having no substance value or importance. So the most wise man that ever lived is telling us basically that everything, all the things in the world, all the things that the world has to offer is empty, worthless, has no substance, value or importance. Now, this is a man too that, you know, this isn't just like the guy that never got anything, that never accomplished anything, that never did anything making this statement. This is the guy who had more than any of us could ever even dream of having. He had any, you know, desire that he wanted, he was able to get it. Any of the things that he gave because God rewarded him for his wise request to receive wisdom and then gave him all of the things that, you know, God expected him to ask. And so he was able to receive many wonderful things. But towards the end of his life, as he looks back on it, he basically is able to recognize that it's all vain, that it all doesn't matter, that it's all worthless. And there are so many things in this life that we obsess over, that we waste so much time over, but in reality have no effect beyond the dust that's on this earth and the dust that they'll return to. Look in verse number 9. It says, The thing that hath been, it is that which shall be... And that which is done is that which shall be done, and there is no new thing under the sun. Is there anything whereof it may be said, see, this is new? It hath already been of old time, which was before us. There is no remembrance of former things. Neither shall there be any remembrance of things that are to come with those that shall come after. So think about inventions, because this is one of the things that I thought about when I started, when I was reading this book and I saw it for the first time, there's no new thing under the sun. And, you know, in my head, I was like, yeah, there are. You know, they didn't have, you know, iPhones and laptops and things back then. And I don't want to get into some weird Ruckmanism thing where I'm teaching you that in the book of Genesis and the Tower of Babel, they had iPhones and computers and all these other things to make the tower. No, I don't think that's true at all. But here's the thing. Though you might be able to make a new phone or make a new device or something like that, the way that things happen, you know, a new thing coming onto the scene people reacting to it, people eventually getting tired of it and moving on to something else is all the same. You know, throughout life, you could go back to a different time era and look at something maybe in the 1500s, and I guarantee you they had something that everybody had to have, that everybody needed, that was just of this world and people had it, eventually people got tired of it and they moved on to something else. And you know, nobody in here at all would care to have the original iPhone that they released not that long ago. But, you know, the new thing today, I think, is the iPhone 14, you know. And the original iPhone isn't even close to the iPhone 14. But you know what? Five, ten years from now, no one would want to be caught dead with an iPhone 14. Why? Because there's going to be an iPhone 24, you know. And why would you want to sit back and waste your time with that old, outdated technology? People just get, they get things, they accrue things and they throw things away. It's nothing changes. Though new things might come onto the scene, it's not that, you know, anything's going to actually make a difference. You know, there's always people coming out. This is going to be world-changing, life-changing, all these other things. There have been world-changing and life-changing things from the very beginning of time, and rarely does something stick around for long because it's not Just this world that you're dealing with, it's not the materials in the world that you're dealing with. We're ultimately dealing with the hearts of people. And the hearts of men are exactly the same as they were in the book of Genesis onward into the book of Revelation. That's why it's so interesting when you're reading and you're seeing the way that people respond to certain things. Look in the book of Revelation as people you know, are pouring out wrath, as God's pouring out wrath on the people in the book of Revelation and their response to it and all the different things. And a lot of times I'll hear people say things like, that's just like how people act today. But it's just how people acted in the Old Testament, too. The hearts of men are have always been the same. They've always responded to judgment in the same way. They've always responded to righteousness in the same way. And wicked people always hate it. They always reject it. They always blaspheme. You know, people will point out things in America that are really shocking today, like just people blaspheming God or promoting wickedness or promoting anything, and it's just like these red flags go up in their head like, this is the worst thing ever, it must be right around the corner, the return of Christ has to be soon. But I'm not saying that that's not possible, but I'm saying that this stuff has happened since the beginning of time. I mean, do you not remember, six chapters in, recorded history in the Bible, there was a global flood that killed everybody but eight people, you know? People have always been wicked. People's hearts have always been wicked, and God has always dealt with it in a certain way. But the basic things that people do are basic lives. We're born, we live, we die. That's what this book ultimately is talking about. And so it's important, and we'll get to it at the end, which I'm sure most of you already know it, but it's important that we don't get so sucked up into vanity that we waste our entire lives. You know, here's the thing that I want to point out about vanity before I get much further. I don't believe that vanity is a sin. I think there's a big difference between something that's just vain and something that's a sin. A sin is just direct disobedience to God. A sin is something like fornication or anything like that. Vanity is basically just something in the world that's just a waste of time and there's no purpose to it. You know, it would be like, say I was trying to lose weight and, you know, I thought the way that I lose weight is go to the gym, which is like, okay, yeah, go to the gym. But when I'm there, I never step on a treadmill. I never lift any weights. I never do anything. I literally just go stand in the gym, stand there for an hour, and then leave. I'm not, I'm, the point is, I'm literally doing nothing, all right? I'm sitting there. I'm unproductive. I'm wasting time. I'm not accomplishing anything that I want to accomplish. And, you know, you that lives a life full of vanity, full of entertainment, full of fun, full of any of the different random things that the world has to offer, you're just kind of standing there and you're not doing anything. You're not making any progress forward in your life. You're not growing as an individual. You're not doing anything. And there's a lot of different things that you might think are a very productive skill set, but we're talking about the way things are that this world has to offer. You can go make millions of dollars. You can study a ton of books and you can learn all this different knowledge. But if ultimately the only thing you're using that for is just to gain extra money so you can have a nicer house and have a nicer, you know, clothes, a nicer car, whatever, it doesn't actually help you in the long term. One of these days, you're still going to die just like the guy that sits on the side of the street bumming. And you know what? Both of you are going to return to dust the same way that you came into the world. And obviously, if you're saved, that's a whole entire different story. But the thing is, in terms of our physical bodies and all the time and the energy that we pour into ourselves and do everything else, it's not changing. It's all been the same from the beginning. So here's another thing to think about. Entertainment. All right. When you are an older person, I've noticed this just throughout my life, especially, you know, as somebody who likes sports, I just noticed that older people just really aren't that into sports today. You know, they were at a certain point in time, but, you know, after a while, you've just kind of seen it all. You know you know what happens. And think about this debate that happens all the time. You know, when it comes to who is the greatest of all time basketball player. And people are like, Michael Jordan, obviously. But then there's a bunch of other people today that say that it's LeBron James. And the people that are like, oh, Michael, Michael Jordan is clearly and obviously the greatest of all time. But you know what? There's people that are older than that that are like, why is nobody talking about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? Why is, and then people older than that, why is nobody talking about Bill Russell that literally won, what, nine or 11 championships? I don't remember what it was. But, you know, just dominated a league, you know. But it's like the only two people we talk about today is either Michael Jordan or LeBron James, you know. And what it is is that just every generation, there's some athlete that comes along, dominates their league and is better than everybody else, And the people that are watching it are just like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen before. This is absolutely unbelievable. And so the thing is, it makes a lot of sense to me why an older person, they've already seen that like five times. You know, it it, it would be weird to me to think about somebody that's like 80 years old. And, you know, if this guy's out there, you know, good for him. But it's hard for me to imagine a guy that sat back and watched just generation after generation after generation of sports and just never got tired of it. Because it's ultimately the same thing. You know, while I can sit back and, you know, obviously you're going to have your favorite teams, you're going to have your players that you hope do well and that you like, but as you get older, it's just you're just kind of watching the same exact thing over and over and over and over again. And different teams win, different things happen, different exact technicalities of plays happen. They do this in baseball all the time, where it's like, this has never been done before. And it's like this wild combination of stats that nobody cares about to try to make it look like this is the first time in the history of a sport that's well over 100 years that anything has ever happened. But you know what? It's all happened before. It's just another guy dominating a sport, and it's just a cool thing to watch, and you experience it but as you get older, it's just not as cool anymore because you just, you've just already seen it, you know? Another thing is just and take, think about how little it takes for a child to just lose their mind, or, or, you know, over something cool. For example, driving out uh, Route 88 and you're driving by the Rochelle Airport and there's always people skydiving. At like all points in the week, all points in time, somebody's jumping out of an airplane. And, you know, for me... I'm just driving by and I see people falling out of the sky and it's just like, well, I'm in New Rochelle, you know, you know, there's nothing, I don't really think anything of it. But if a kid's in the back seat and they look out the window and there's people flying out of the sky on parachutes, that's the coolest thing in the world. And they'll talk about it for days afterwards. But as we go through life and we experience more things, it's just not as entertaining anymore. You know why? Because it's vanity. It doesn't actually have any real value to anything. And and I say this not, you know, people get irritated sometimes when people talk about sports and all these different things. I'm a massive sports fan. I love sports, but I can also tell myself it's vanity. And it's not something that you should base your whole entire life around. It's not something that you should just make everything about entertainment in general. You shouldn't just base your entire life around just trying to constantly entertain yourself and letting the TV make you happy, letting sports make you happy, letting the radio make you happy, or whatever it is. The entertainment and the things that we experience in this life are vanity. Go to Ecclesiastes chapter number 2. Chapter number 2, verse number 12, it says, And I turned myself to behold wisdom and madness and folly, for what can the man do that cometh after the king, even that which hath already been done? Then I saw that wisdom excelleth folly, as far as light excelleth darkness. The wise man's eyes are in his head, but the fool walketh in darkness, and I myself perceived also that one event happeneth to them all. Then said I in my heart, As it happeneth to the fool, so it happeneth even to me. Why was I then more wise? Then I said in my heart, That this also is vanity for there is no remembrance of the wise more of the fool forever seeing that which now is in the days to come shall all be forgotten and how dieth the wise man is the fool therefore i hated life because the work that is wrought under the sun is grievous unto me for all is vanity and vexation of spirit a lot of times people really pride themselves on just being an extremely intelligent person knowing a lot having a lot of knowledge but you know what The knowledge this world has to offer is the exact same as entertainment is. It's vanity. It doesn't matter. You know, right now I'm taking um, some courses, learning about cybersecurity just to have a better job and one that I'll enjoy more because that's just kind of a field that interests me and the different things with it. But, you know, all of that knowledge that I'm learning and the money that I would be able to make from that job or anything with it, it's vanity, all right? It doesn't actually contribute anything spiritually. It's not going to actually help me long term. And people, they get so caught up and focused in their jobs and focused in just making money, learning information, all these other things. And the point is that we don't just, you know, stop working then. Oh, okay, well, I'm not allowed to make money or anything like that. I don't believe that at all. But what I believe is that you need to understand that things are in their proper place. You know, I would like to have more money and more financial freedom not just to give myself this beautiful paradise on earth but just to free myself up more so I'm not having to work, you know, 80 hours a week to provide for a family or something like that. That would be, you know, my idea of a good way to do it. You know, if you want to do something else, that's fine. You might think that me watching sports is stupid. Well, that's why we have liberty to do what we want to do, you know? But you know, you, we all have freedom to make the different decisions that we want to do. What I want you to think about tonight Is the different things that you put a lot of effort into and that you work towards, and is it really going to pay off at the end? Is the things that you're doing on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis, that you put work into, that you put blood, sweat, and tears into, is it going to be worth anything in the end? Or are your works at the judgment seat of Christ just going to be wood, hay, and stubble and all get burned up to nothing? You know, In this passage here, he's talking about, in verse number 16, He says, for there is no remembrance of the wise more than of the fool forever, seeing that which is now is in the days to come shall all be forgotten. And how dieth the wise man as the fool? And, you know, one thing I've been seeing a lot today, it's it's the new theme in like the Disney movies and the different things people are talking about, is they just want to be remembered. Guess what? You'll never be remembered. None of us will be. You know, a thousand years from now, is anybody going to know my name? Is anybody going to know anything that I ever did? not unless I do something really bad and then I'm written about in history books as an evil terrorist or something, you know, which, it, no, that would never happen. You know, but so people, you're not going to get remembered. If you're just an average person loving the Lord, raising your family in a right way, serving God, you on this earth will not be remembered. If you are a very wise person that dedicates yourself to learning information and learning knowledge and everything, guess what? You're still not going to be remembered. I guarantee you, and you might think this is a stretch. It's not a stretch. Nobody a thousand years from now will know who Elon Musk was or anything that he offered to this world. If if this earth is still here and this earth continues on, nobody's going to know who he is. Oh, but he's changing the way that cars are. They're all going electric now and they're all doing these other things. Yeah, Over the course of like, how long have automobiles even been around? Like 150 years or so, and that might even be pushing it. And they're already changing. So you think a thousand years from now, they're just going to be running the exact same way or just any of the different things. There's so many influential people that people love to make such a big deal about. But listen, a thousand years from now, when these companies die and fade away, like it's just inevitably happened to countries, I mean, countries, we talk about, you know, companies and how strong they are, how sturdy they are, how secure they are. Look, if you've lived long enough, and if you're reading the Bible enough, you look at entire nations collapse. You know, you think that like Amazon is more powerful than the Roman Empire, or Babylon, or any one of these other things? You think Tesla, or Walmart, or any one of these other things? No, someday they'll end. And you know what? No one's going to remember them. No one's going to care about them. No one's going to make any difference of it. And so the the bum on the side of the road that never accomplishes anything, that never does anything, people will remember that guy just as much as they remember the most amazing, praised, and lifted up people in this world for their accomplishments, and that is nothing. No one will remember them. No one will care. And so if your life is just about chasing after knowledge, chasing after wisdom, chasing after fame or just wanting people to remember you or leaving an impact on this world. I have news for you. You might as well give up and stop because nothing's going to come of it. All right. Even biblical knowledge. And and hear what I'm saying here. Go to first Corinthians chapter number 13. Hold your place in the book of Ecclesiastes. We're coming back to it. But go to first Corinthians chapter number 13. This is the thing that I'm seeing a lot in Christianity today, and it's just ridiculous, all right? People that just want to sit back and glean every ounce of knowledge and thinking and come up with all these special terms to make it sound like they have a doctorate degree in the Bible even though they just watch YouTube videos online and know the different words to say eschatology, soteriology. Those are the only two I know because I don't want to learn the different terms that they have to come up with stuff. But look at First Corinthians chapter number 13. It says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, Though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. Okay, Here's something that's really important to understand about your Christian life, studying the Bible, any of those things. If you can study the Bible and learn all the things that are in the Bible and it doesn't cause you to change anything about your life and it doesn't cause you to help other people in any way, shape, or form, you've done yourself no good. You're the exact same way as any guy that's just going out and studying a random job, you know, to make more money or something. You're no different. What's the purpose of just getting all the knowledge that the Bible has to offer and never sharing it with anybody? What's the purpose of just learning every single mystery that there ever is, but you'll never go and explain it to anybody? You'll never just even share the gospel with somebody. What's the purpose? The answer is none. There's nothing. Puffing yourself up with knowledge, puffing yourself up with any of these things, whether it just be knowledge from the world or knowledge from the Bible, If you're never going to do anything with the spiritual knowledge that you get, then you've missed some major points and you really don't have much knowledge at all. You're not actually helping anything. You're not going to make a difference in anybody's life, which is the whole purpose of us getting this knowledge. The Bible is a book of action and work. If you're reading and studying the Bible and you have no desire to go and do anything for the Lord or any work or any action for the Lord... You've missed the entire main message of the Gospels. When you look at Jesus and the ministry that he had in the Gospel, compare how much time he was sitting down and explaining things to them to how much time they were out and actually working and doing things. You know what would happen a lot? They would go out, they would work, and after a long day of being tired, they'd come back, he'd explain different things to them, and then they would learn. You know, It's through this, you know, and really, you know, some people are different. Some people learn better just sitting and reading a book and understanding things. Most of my learning, I feel like has come from just doing it, you know, just doing the work, doing the job. I didn't learn how to go soul winning, just watching videos and memorizing verses on flashcards and all these other things. I learned how to do it by going out and doing it. I learned how to deal with hangups, not by, you know, watching every video that I could to figure out how to deal with this exact hangup. I learned on the job, you know, you're going to learn the best in hands on activity. You know, if I was a manager of a company, I'm not going to hire the guy that just has all these degrees but no job history whatsoever. I want a guy who's actually proven that he can do the job, you know. And listen, a, cer- a certificate, a degree doesn't prove anything. It proves that you were able to pass classes and pass tests. That is a completely different scenario than earning a job. And I'm just saying, all this knowledge, even if you're using it for biblical purposes, but you're not doing anything, it's not helping you. All right, go to Ecclesiastes chapter number seven. Back where we're at. Another thing that is vain is laughter and comedy. You know, think about the the comedy industry today and just how funny everybody is and just laugh, 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 laugh. Everything's hilarious. I don't have a problem with jokes. I was talking about this this morning. I feel like I enjoy humor and I like being around people that are funny, but at the end of the day... The part where the Bible talks about it being good, like a medicine, a merry heart, which laughter is going to give you a merry heart, I think it's just like a painkiller. It just distracts you from all the other things around you. Ecclesiastes chapter number 7, verse number 1, says a good name is better than precious ointment, and the day of death than one's birth. How counterproductive does that sound? That the day that you die is better than the day that you were born. It doesn't make sense, but you know, some things in God's eyes, are a lot different than our eyes. And we would do well to understand what's being said here. Verse number two, It's better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting, for that is the end of all men, and the living will lay it to his heart. Sorrow is better for laughter, for by the sadness of a countenance, the heart is made better. The heart of the wise is in the house of the mourning, but the the heart of fools is in the house of mirth. It is better to hear the rebuke of the wise than for a man to hear the song of fools. For as the cackling of thorns under a pot, so is the laughter of the fool. This also is vanity. Surely oppression maketh a wise man mad, and a gift destroyeth the heart. Better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof, and the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. You know, one thing that I noticed, I think last Wednesday night, we were talking about just geography and different places and just, Beautiful places. And one thing that I think about is the western coast of the United States is like one of the most beautiful places in the entire country. But you know what? It's just wicked people there. All over the place. Nobody, you know, I, I couldn't imagine wanting to live in that state. And I understand that I live in Illinois, you know, but the the junk that goes on in, you know, Oregon and Washington and California. They're beautiful places. I'd never want to live there personally, and I don't understand why people do. But, you know, I was thinking about this. That's kind of a pattern that you see even throughout Scripture. You know, when you think about uh, the beginning of time when you're dealing with Abraham and Lot and basically the well-watered plain where Sodom and Gomorrah was, a beautiful land was where all the Sodomites lived. And it's like here we are in America and there's all this beautiful land and all these beautiful places and it's where all the sodomites live you know and i don't know what the clue is but you know i have an opinion on that people that just this world is all that they have this is all that they have they have nothing to look forward to and you know what just give them for a second okay they're right there is no god there is nothing coming for them there's nothing after this life you know what they are when life is over dust nothing they have nothing to offer People today think that they themselves are just walking, living, breathing stardust. That they just evolved from rocks and all these other things. It's insanity. But you know what? They have nothing to live for. So it's just kind of interesting to me how they all flock to these beautiful, wonderful areas. And its I really think it's just because they have nothing else to ever look for. You know, those, I don't know, if, if you're a tranny, 30 years that you're going to get living in California before your median uh, lifespan is up, you know, you're not going to have much to offer. So you might as well go live in this beautiful, well-watered plain and enjoy all the things that are out there, enjoy the beautiful land that you've got, because you have a whole eternity coming for you that's not even going to be close to that. But, you know, it's just kind of interesting to me that in the more, you know, rural areas or just even, you know, it's not even just rural areas, just the cities and places that don't have a lot of amazing, beautiful things around them are usually just more righteous places. And I really think that it's because people who are not so concerned with all of the different things that this world has to offer are often more focused on the creator of this world and thereby live a better life and more pleasing to God and more thinking about it. Because it's like these people get out in these environments, and you don't imagine that. It just doesn't make sense to me. Imagine living in like the Rocky Mountains and living out with these beautiful massive redwood trees and all the different beautiful landscape that they have out there and just rejecting the existence of god but you know here we are in little old country illinois looking at the mowed down cornfields like beautiful creation of god (laughs) you know you know i we can acknowledge that stuff out here which to people out there is like this is a barren wasteland But we look out and we're thankful for the things that we have out here. You know why? Because it's not about the land that's here. It's about the God that put us here and the God that created this world and created us for all of us to live in. But they are so obsessed with the land around them and all the different things that they have and all of the things that this world has to offer them, it does nothing for them whatsoever. And the Bible clearly says here, what I'm talking about in this section is laughter and just Making your whole life about comedy. It just goes back to entertainment. Making your whole life about entertainment. You know, it just, it takes a lot more to make people that are older really laugh and really find something funny. Because they've experienced a lot more life. They've heard a lot more jokes. You know, a kid, you can just do the most basic knock-knock jokes. I mean, my kids, I'll lay them down in bed and just put the blanket over their face and pull it back really quick and say Peekaboo. And they think it's hilarious, you know, because they haven't experienced life. If you came by and I was in the hospital or something and I needed tucked in the bed and you played peekaboo with me with the blanket, I'd probably just get mad, you know, because it's not funny. But, you know, as you get older, those kind of things change. And your receptiveness to humor and all these different things will change. And basically what you have in the book of Ecclesiastes, it's really just a depressing book because it just looks at everything that the world has to offer you, and after every single thing. Oh, you want knowledge? Vanity. Laughter? Vanity. You know, it's better to mourn and be upset than it is to be laughing and enjoying all the pleasures and all these other things in this world. And it's just a man that is older, that's wiser, and knows more, and does it. And you know, there's this thing that goes on all the time where it's like, it just seems like this happens. Every generation, there's like a war between the older generation and the younger generation. And the older generation thinks... That the younger generation is idiots, and the younger generation thinks that the older generation is idiots, you know, and that neither side knows anything, neither side understands anything, and you know, ultimately it's just, it's vanity, you know, it, it's just all vanity. All the things that this world has to offer is vain and never ends in anything. When you think about the people that claim to be atheists and claim that they don't believe in God, they believe that this world is the only thing that they have to offer. They believe the day that they die is the day that their consciousness and being just completely renders inexistent. What is the purpose of a life like that? Nothing. What's the purpose of a beautiful house? Nothing. It's just going to go away someday. You know, people... You know, I find those shows and things interesting when they're, you know, buying new houses... And they go into these houses, and they'll look at, like, the the cosmetics, and you can tell, oh, this house was done in the 70s. And you're just looking at it like, this is just awful. You know, this house looks terrible. And it's like, you can go in and just change the paint, change the flooring, change some of the cosmetics of it, and make the house worth hundreds of thousands more dollars. And people make a whole living off of just updating homes like that. But you know, at one time, somebody built that house, and that carpet that they put in the kitchen was revolutionary. And it was beautiful. And, you know, I, uh, Janae and I watched a show the other day where someone had carpet in the master bathroom. <laughs> and it was just, I could not imagine that. You know, you get out of the shower, just soak the floor. The mold under that had to be horrible. You know, but so people do all these different things. And it's like, you, someday, are going to die. You're going to leave this earth. If Jesus doesn't come back before the day that you die comes up... And you might live in your house right now and think, man, this is incredible. Someone else is going to live in that house someday, unless it gets burned down in a fire or something. And they're going to come in and think, this place is junk. And remodel the whole thing and change it all up. I mean, we moved into our house and just, I could tell that the people put effort into it to make it nice. And I was just thinking like, really, you went with that color of paint? (laughs) Or you just, you did this or you did that. And basically what I'm saying is, it's all vanity. It doesn't matter. And so when you put your whole entire life's work into just making the most beautiful house to live in, living on the most beautiful landscape, living in the most beautiful area, living in the area where you can make the most money, or whatever it is, or just chasing after the things that the world has to offer you, you're dedicating your whole entire life to dust. You know, imagine if my, you know, my way of life was basically just, I lived, I created this massive vacuum, and I just went all over, all over the town, all over every building, and I just collected and gathered pounds and pounds and pounds of dust and just showed it off to everybody of how happy I was and how proud I was that I gathered 100 pounds of dust. But you know what? That's what we're all doing when we show off all of our possessions and all the different things that we have, it's dust. That's what it will return to someday. If your house burns down, it'll just become dust faster. You know, if things continue on, things around us will decay, our bodies will decay, and they will turn into dust. All the people that live in this world will turn right back in to dust that they came from. God formed Adam that way. You know, I'm not not saying something crazy here. I'm completely aware of the resurrection. I'm not discounting that at all. I'm talking about this, this, the book of Ecclesiastes, this is what you have to understand. It's written from the perspective of just looking at the world at face value it's really a lot of it is looking at a world basically without God. And, you know, it's saying that, you know, one thing you also see all throughout this is just mentioning to you, enjoy all the things that you've accrued throughout your work. You know, don't let your labor go to waste. Eat, drink, and be merry. You know, enjoy all those things because, you know, someday you're going to die. You know, you don't want to have those. And you think about, like, what a tragedy it would be to work your whole entire life And then never get to enjoy any of the things that you did. And, you know, people talk about different stories like that. I was mentioning this morning, I've had a lot of people in my family pass away over time. My grandpa worked his entire life, and I mean just working, gathering up things. He did really well financially. He did everything. He died of a surprise heart attack a week before he was about to retire. A week. Never got to enjoy any of the things that he had. Vanity. That's a horrible story. That's a terrible story. But you know what? Things in this world are never going to make you happy in the first place. Even say that you were going to go out and you were going to go and live till you're 100 years old and you just accrued these millions and millions and billions of dollars and you can enjoy all the different things and you can go on all the vacations to the you know, U.S. territory islands and all just the vacation spots and do all the different things that everybody could dream of doing. We're literally reading the perspective of somebody that did that. And you know what he said it is? Vanity. That it doesn't matter. And so you have people that are just so discontent with their life that they're living at this moment. They're so discontent with all the different things around them. But at the end of the day, it doesn't have anything to offer you. There's nothing that you're going to get. Now go to Ecclesiastes chapter number 9 for the last thing I want to look at. Ecclesiastes chapter number 9 and verse number 3. Says, This is an evil among all things that are done under the sun, that there is one event unto all. Yea, also the heart of the sons of men is full of evil, and madness is in their heart while they live, and after that they go to the dead. For to him that is joined to all the living there is hope, for a living dog is better than a dead lion. For the living know that they shall die, but the dead know not anything, neither have they any more a reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Also their love, and their hatred, and their envy, is now perished, neither have they any more a portion forever in a thing that is done under the sun. Go thy way, eat thy bread with joy, and drink thy wine with a merry heart, for God now accepteth thy works. Let thy garments be always white, let thy head lack no ointment, live joyfully with the wife whom thou lovest all the days of thy life, of thy vanity, which he hath given thee under the sun, all the days of thy vanity, for that is thy portion in this life, and in thy labor which thou takest under the sun whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whither thou goest. That's just a really sad passage to read. You know, basically, here you are going through this life, you're working, best thing for you to do right now, enjoy all the different things that you have, because someday you're going to go to the grave and none of that stuff is going to be there anymore. And you're going to be there, and it says in verse number six, your love, your hatred... Your envy, gone. You know, you don't have any portion. You're not going to have your wife. You're not going to have your money. You're not going to have your possessions. Nothing. Because it's all going to return to dust. Anything that this world is capable of giving you is just as easily able to be taken away. Because this world, in the perspective of eternity, has absolutely nothing to offer. And, you know, we can get into the New Testament and we can read about all the different rewards that we're capable of receiving. We can read about the crown of life. We can read about the, you know, all the wonderful things that God has for us, that he's building us a mansion in heaven and that he goes to prepare that place for us and all these different things. But it's like so many people and so many Christians would still rather live a lifetime of vanity just to have the pleasure now just to have the enjoyment. Now, which life are you more concerned about? The one that's going to pass away like a vapor or the one that's going to last for an entire eternity? Which one are you putting more effort into? Is it the one that, you know, the house that you're going to live in for 30, 40, maybe 50 years, or is it the house that you're going to live in forever, you know, with the Lord? Are you, are you more worried about the, the finances that you'll have in this life the day that you die? Which you have no idea. You could die tomorrow. And you're just going to put so much effort into all the finances. You'll lay out a church so that you can go make more money. Or you'll you know, stop coming to just whatever. Just to have more money and get more money and enjoy more things. And I'm not telling you not to provide for your family. I'm not telling you. you know, if you're living in America... You can just be well off financially just by not being an idiot and falling to all these Jewish gimmicks that they have in these bank accounts that just run you dry, all right? You know, you don't have to be this mastermind and have this master income. Just don't fall for all the scams and just use and manage your money wisely and you'll be fine, all right? But, you know, do you want to just dedicate your entire life to just providing this beautiful salary to get you to live in this beautiful house? That over time is just going to decay away, and your overtime over time just going to decay away, and everything is just going to turn to nothing. That type of lifestyle is not a lifestyle that i want to live. The lifestyle of basically just enjoy the things that I have now because I've got nothing better coming for me. Eventually, I'm going to go to the grave, and I won't have anything, so I might as well live my life to give me pleasure and bring me happiness while I can because there's nothing better coming for me. I want something better coming for me. And number one, I know because of the fact that I'm saved, I have something better coming for me. But I also know that I have the opportunity to earn rewards. And I know that through doing good things for God and doing the things that God wants me to do, that I can have great rewards. And, you know, I don't have to live a self-centered life full of vanity. I can live a life pleasing to God, serving others, and having more people around me. You know, for me personally... I would rather go through life and live in just a modest home and not have all kinds of millions but be surrounded by people that love me than I would to waste my life away and have nothing left behind in the end or or just have millions left behind in the end and no family because I ran them all off because I didn't care about them, didn't love them, didn't pay attention to them. That would be a nightmare of a situation. Imagine having all those millions and all the things that you worked for, and then you don't even have anybody to leave it behind to. What's the point? It just literally will just go to the government. you really want to do that? You know, work your whole entire life complaining about taxes and fighting about taxes, so you run your whole family off, you have no beneficiaries, and then all of a sudden you die and all that money just, whoop, right to the Jews, right to the government, whatever, and you get none of it. And your family gets none of it. Your descendants get none of it. That would be a horrible way to go. But so many people are living their entire lives based on that scenario. It's a horrible lifestyle. It's a horrible scenario. Go to Ecclesiastes chapter number 12. Ecclesiastes chapter number 12 and verse number 13. It says, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. By all means, dedicate your life to vanity. Dedicate your life to chasing after all the different things that this world has to offer. But take some time and read through the book of Ecclesiastes and understand the things that it says. There's nothing that this world has to offer. There's nothing that this world could ever possibly imagine that we might have. There's nothing that we could you know, begin to even comprehend what's waiting for us on the other side. But too many people just want to spend too much time focusing on the vain things in life, focusing on the entertainment, focusing on all the different amazing, wonderful, great things that this world disguises itself to offer you. All that it is is just dust with a bunch of pretty paint on it to make it look like it's something that it's not. Your finances, dust. Your house, dust. All the things that you enjoy, dust which is why rather than spending a life where you're just filling all the things that you enjoy with vain things that don't matter and are never going to amount to anything is just not a good idea. You You can change how you feel about things. You can make yourself like certain things that you might not have liked before. Why don't you replace all of the things that give you pleasure in this life and all the vanity with the things of God? Why don't you allow the things of God to make you happy, why don't you allow the things of God to provide you everything that you need? Because God absolutely will provide you everything that you need. But if you want to just waste your life away gaining all the different things, I mean, I've literally heard people with the mentality of like, you know, and you've all probably heard this, you know, well, I don't want to go to church and do any of these things because I want to be able to listen to my rock and roll and, you know, all the different things that this world has to offer and enjoy them while I can. Because someday when I get to heaven, I won't be able to do that anymore. Why would you want to do that? It just doesn't make sense. Why would you want to surround your life with things that are just going to fade away and disappear? I don't want to put work into something that I know is just going to fade away and crumble and not be worth anything. I don't want to go to the judgment seat of Christ and see all my works laid on and tried by fire and turned to wood, hay, and stubble and disappear. Imagine a whole entire lifetime worth of works standing at the judgment seat of Christ just evaporated because you're honestly amounted to nothing. And this isn't just, I'm not talking about laziness. I'm talking about working hard at the wrong things. There are plenty of people out there that are not lazy by any stretch of the imagination, working 80 to 100 hours a week in their secular jobs, doing good work, making good money, living in nice houses, living the conservative dream for America, but doing nothing to please God, none of the things that they do please God. They're no different in the eyes than any, you know, they're no different in the eyes of God than any other person out there. Their works for the kingdom of God amount to the exact same thing as any other lazy bum that does nothing. And that is nothing. They won't be remembered the same way that the bums won't be remembered. Their works won't matter the same way their finances will crumble the same way. Dedicate your life to serving God. Dedicate your life to looking into his commandments, keeping his commandments, because this world has absolutely nothing to offer you. And the book of Ecclesiastes is clear on that as it can possibly be. Any emotion that you feel, any work that you feel to do, any knowledge that you might gain has nothing to offer you in long-term things. Think about the things of God, dwell on the things of God, make God your priority in your life, not any of the things of this world. So with that, let's close in prayer. Father, I thank you so much for all that you've done for us, Lord. I thank you for the clear teaching that you have in your word. I'm very thankful for you being able to include the book of Ecclesiastes in the Bible, Lord, and just give us perspective on the things in this world and help us to understand the truth on all these things, all the uh, great things that you've given to us and that you've done for us, Lord. I pray that you just help us as a church to not get sucked up into vain things, Lord, and just be focused on you and doing your works and pleasing you. In Jesus' name, amen.